Welcome to the Unitarian Church of Edmonton Sunday morning Zoom service. My name is Gordon Ritchie and I will be your service leader this morning. I would like to acknowledge and express my thanks to this Sunday's Zoom volunteers without whom this online gathering would not be possible. Susan Rattan, Karen Belita, Ruth Marriott and Yvonne Miro. The title of our service this morning is The Threat to Aish. As a spiritual community committed to social justice, how do we respond when our provincial government talks about cutting back the assured income for the severely handicapped program on which thousands of vulnerable Albertans rely? Our guest speaker is our very own Susan Rattan. May we be reminded here of our highest aspirations and inspired to bring our gifts of love and service to the altar of humanity. May we know once again that we are not isolated beings, but are connected in mystery and miracle to the universe, to this community, and to each other. Let us begin our service with a prelude from the Coriolis CD, My Song. Come into this place of peace. And let it silence heal your spirit. Come Unitarian Church of Edmonton gathers with gratitude on Treaty 6 land. A treaty is an inheritance, a responsibility, and a relationship. May we be good neighbors to one another, 
good stewards to our planet and good ancestors to all our children. As we light our chalice this morning, I'll give you these words by Brenda Burrell. May our chalice flame consume our regrets for the past, our fears about the future, and our worries about today. May it light for us a path of joy and peace. Our opening words are written by Starhawk. Earth Mother, Star Mother, you who are called by a thousand names, may all remember we are cells in your body and dance together. You are the grain and the loaf that sustains us each day. And as you are patient with ourselves and each other, we are radiant light and sacred dark, the balance. You are the embrace that heartens and the freedom beyond fear. Within you we are born, we grow, live, and die. You bring us around the circle to rebirth. Within us you dance forever. Canadians recognize Remembrance Day, originally called Armistice Day, every November 11th at 11 a.m. It marks the end of hostilities during the First World War and an opportunity to recall all those who have served in our nation's defense. The poem in Flanders Fields was written in 1915 by John McCrae. He was a Lieutenant Colonel, a gunner, and a medical officer in the Canadian Army in the First World War. To honor and remember all those who have served our country, I would ask that you remain muted as we read together in Flanders Fields. In Flanders Fields, the poppies blow between the crosses row on row that mark our place and in the sky the larks, still bravely singing, fly, scarce heard amid the guns below. We are the dead, short days ago. We lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders fields. Take up our quarrel with the foe, to you, from failing hands we throw the torch, be yours to hold it high. If ye break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders fields. They shall grow not old, as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them.
Our community is entirely self-governing and self-supporting. One of the privileges of our free church tradition is to provide all of the financial support for our many ministries from among ourselves. Generosity, therefore, is one of the spiritual values we recognize as central to our personal and institutional well-being. In addition to supporting this church community, we also make a monthly commitment beyond our walls. For the month of November, we are sharing our abundance with the CBC Turkey Drive and the Edmonton Food Bank. Many families have a hard time putting enough food on the table throughout the year, and the holidays are no exception, with thousands of people depending on local food banks for assistance. This holiday food drive represents a tremendous opportunity for us to demonstrate the generosity of spirit in our community and the strong social safety net that we all help to maintain. There are two ways that, or two specific ways that you can continue, uh, contribute this month, and that is through CanadaHelps.org and ATB Cares. So I thank you for your generosity and your support. With our time, our talents and our money, we support the work of the community and this Unitarian Universalist tradition. Let's join in singing together from You I Receive. Now to our guest speaker. Susan is a journalist with 40 years experience in five different newspapers. She had many different jobs in those years, including being a political reporter, a full-time columnist, and the editorial page editor for the Edmonton Journal. She is also a very dedicated and active member of the Unitarian Church of Edmonton, and we are very grateful to have her within our community. Here's Susan. Here's me. I speak to you today, not as a member of any political party, but as a journalist and as a Unitarian committed to social justice. This has been a tumultuous time around the world and for us here in Alberta. The global pandemic has robbed us of many pleasures not the least being gatherings in our church. We have watched in horror the American political craziness, which will thankfully end when Donald Trump leaves office next year. We have also had our own Alberta tumult, a combination of collapsing oil prices, the pandemic, and a provincial government with an extreme right-wing agenda. That agenda combines cutting taxes with slashing and privatizing government services. Tax money is what pays for government programs. A government that dislikes taxes will inevitably start cutting programs. The targets of this slashing in Alberta have been many. Hospitals, doctors and nurses, parks, 
schools, universities. But none have seemed to me more heartless than the threats to some of our most vulnerable citizens, the 70,000 Albertans who receive money to live on through the assured income for severely handicapped or AISH. Oh, um, AISH provides an income at the most $1,700 a month for people whose disabilities prevent them from working. An example of an AISH recipient is the son of Erica Kylie Hunter, who used to come to our church services and play on his laptop. Hunter is now 20 and he has multiple conditions, severe autism, severe cognitive developmental delay and attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. He is nonverbal. The group home he lives in today is paid for with his AISH money. Back in September, the Calgary Herald reported that the Kenny government would be cutting AISH payments in 2021. There was a huge uproar and the social services minister then announced that there would not be cuts to AISH payments, merely a review of service delivery. A few days later, Premier Kenny clarified the government's intentions, saying that instead of cutting the individual payments, his government would instead be looking at who is eligible for AISH to reduce the numbers receiving the support. So he will achieve his cost-cutting goal in another way than slashing payment limits. The Premier's issues management staffer Matt Wolf made it even clearer. He tweeted his doubts about whether people with anxiety disorder or ADHD are really appropriate candidates for AISH. Try to imagine the terror that these moves have created among people on AISH, especially those whose disability may not be a physical one. Some of you may remember Wendy Smith's son, Christopher, who used to help with our food bank program. Christopher has befriended a young man with schizophrenia who lives on age payments. Wendy and Christopher have watched this young man's stress levels rise as this talk of possible cutbacks is going on. Many on age are emotionally fragile and these threats are very hard on them. They know that it may well be more than threats. Last year, the Kenny government canceled cost of living increases for AISH. What infuriates me is that this is still a rich province. Five years ago, Alberta was the only province with a net provincial debt of zero. We now have a rapidly growing provincial debt but this chart that you can see of per capita net debt in the different provinces from the last fiscal year shows we are not Newfoundland. We are nowhere near Newfoundland. In 2017, the year, the last year for which I found statistics, Alberta had more federal tax filers in the top 1%. That's rich people than any other province except Ontario. It had 
about 10 times the number of one percenters as Saskatchewan does. Many of these rich Albertans have had a really bad year, I'm sure, with the pandemic and the decline of fossil fuels, but not nearly as bad as the very poor among us, and Alberta has lots of them. What's happening in Alberta is that we're becoming an ordinary province, not a privileged rich province. And we need to have a sales tax just like every other province in Canada does. If, if we had a sales tax, it would cover the cost of the age, then the age program many, many times over. Instead, this government has cut taxes it's steadily cutting corporate taxes, and it gave up a billion plus dollars a year in revenue when it dropped the Alberta carbon tax. And then it has the nerve to threaten to restrict the help it gives to some of our most vulnerable citizens. I keep thinking of that Bible quote from the book of Matthew, in which Jesus says, truly I tell you, Whatever you did for one of these, the least of my brothers and sisters, you did for me. In other words, we're all in it together. I think that if the government asked Albertans whether they're okay with supporting the severely handicapped, those with mental and emotional impairment, Albertans would say, yes, we are. That ends part one, and there's going to be a part two. In between, we're going to have some quiet music, and you'll know it. Strong and I'll 
this service, I came across a Facebook page that AISH recipients use to support each other, to share tips of share, stretching their meager budgets, and to cheer each other up. On this site a month ago, I found a letter which was posted by NDP MLA Marie Renault, who has been a huge champion of the AISH people. The young woman who wrote the letter told Renault she could share it as long as her name wasn't used. I want to share parts of this letter with you. This young woman was a competitive gymnast while in high school. After high school, leaving gymnastics behind, she became obsessed with how much she ate and into full-blown anorexia. She dropped out of nursing school after two years when her weight went down to 83 pounds and she entered a series of eating disorder programs in Calgary and then in Edmonton. She was for years in the full day program in Edmonton. She writes, very slowly I veered away from the anorexia but I had become more and more depressed and leaned towards self-harm. She has been treated a number of times with electro electroconvulsive therapy, which is used for severe cases of depression. She says the treatments have affected her memory and her anxiety levels remain very high. She has tried working at various jobs, but her mental health program pro problems meant none of them have lasted. She writes, I still see myself as worthless my depression is still there, but just manageable where I don't have to go to hospital. It's been over a year since my last admission. Mental health has stolen huge dreams of mine. Early this year, she applied for AISH and was shocked to be refused. With the help of psychiatrists past and present, she reapplied and this time she was accepted. She writes, to me, getting accepted to Aish was like winning the lottery of life. It isn't much, 
but enough to survive and live life more than I had ever been when the mental health issues were dominant. She concludes, and now with the UCP constantly threatening AISH recipients, especially for those who are on it for mental health reasons, I have been living in fear. I have had suicidal thoughts. My feelings of self-worth have gone down drastically. For the first time in ages, I have wanted to live life. But with these threats, I keep thinking that I am not worth being a burden to society. If UCP does cut off people who are on it for mental health reasons, I lose everything, my living space, my dog, my medications, and lastly, my life. I do hope that UCP backs off soon as it is doing real harm to thousands. And I say amen to that. The Kenny government hasn't been talking about AISH lately. They've been busy going after healthcare workers, but don't think for a minute that they've forgotten their AISH agenda. I hope that all of us can think of ways we can urge the Kenny government to take pity on these people who need AISH support to appreciate that even in tough times, we don't abandon people with severe handicaps. One way, if you search Jason Kenny email on your computer, you'll get a site called Contact the Premier, and there are various ways to send a message. And on your behalf, I will post a note on the AISH Facebook page, letting them know that Edmonton Unitarians hold them in our hearts. The end. Thank you, Susan. Each week, as Unitarian Universalists, we take some time to recognize the joys, sorrows, concerns, and celebrations that touch not only our lives, but also the lives of those within our local and global community. For those of us this morning who are on a computer, I invite you now to click on your chat icon and type in any thoughts joys, prayers, wishes that are on your hearts now. And as you do so, let's listen to Walk With Me by Maggie Wheeler. in the spirit I walk in the light I walk through the darkest hours of night and I call on my ancestors to my left and my right with me to walk with me I walk in the spirit I walk in the light I walk in the service of doing what's right and I call on my ancestors to my left and my right to walk with me, to walk with me. I walk in the spirit, 
silent today. Know that we are all one community. We are all connected. May we keep all of these thoughts written and unspoken within our hearts as we worship together. This next reading is by Rosemary Bray McNutt, and it's entitled, This Essential Work of Justice and Liberation for All. She writes, by no means are we Unitarian Universalists perfect. We often fail as much as we succeed. And yet when we have broken our vows a thousand times, we return to this essential work of justice and liberation for all. We do the work best when we remember what church is and what church is not. Church is not a place to hide. It is not a place to get away from the world. It is not a place where we get to pretend that our lives we live and our particular situations are not terribly complex, often confusing and sometimes depressing. Church is the place where we stand with one another, look the world in the eye, attempt to see clearly 
and gather strength to face what we see with courage and yes, with joy. This is one that you know. <laughs> come, come, whoever you are, wonder, worship, lover of leaving. Ours is no caravan of despair. Come, get in, come. Come, come, whoever you are, wonder, separated physically how lovely to see so many of you singing along with that hymn and your lovely smiling faces what a treat thank you all very much one moment please i think we have our, our closing words i think we do Almost there. I think Susan probably got too excited with everybody singing. These words come from the um, Celtic tradition. Susan, let's just continue on. Now I see my whole screen of all these beautiful people. So let's use that as our screensaver. That's even better. I like that. All these gorgeous smiling faces. I leave you with this beautiful Celtic prayer. Deep peace of the running wave to you. Deep peace of the flowing air to you. Deep peace of the quiet earth to you. Deep peace of the shining stars to you. Deep peace of the infinite peace to you. <laughs>
May it be so. Blessed be. Let's join in singing if we can. Susan, if the spirits are willing, carry the flame of peace and love until we meet again. You lead us, Gordon. All right. Carry the flame of peace and love until we meet again. Carry the flame of peace and love until we meet again. I could hear you. You know I could. Thank you, everybody. Please uh, join us in community and conversation. Um, take a three minute bio break or get some more coffee, whatever. And then I will put you into breakout rooms. Please be patient. This is my first time doing this. Okay.
Hello.